I got something for you today. You know, the misinformed believe that there's only one judgment, that we will all stand before God together. But actually, that's very far from the truth. Because in our series, Bible Basics, today we're going to examine eight judgments. That's right, eight judgments in all. And not all of them are before God. But the Bible does tell us in Hebrews 9.27, all will face some type of judgment. Here's what it says. And as much as it is appointed for men to die once, after this comes the judgment. So we're going to examine today eight judgments that affect human history. Some are personal and some are not. It might be a little sobering. Get ready. I think sometimes we need to be sobered up, don't we? Spiritually. I think we're in, many people are spiritually intoxicated. They don't know what's going on. It's time to pay attention. First of all, let's take a look at what is called the judgment of the cross. The cross brought judgment of sin. Now that's good news for those that believe. Paul said in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, when Christ died on the cross, he took the judgment, oh, I like this, for the sins of the world. Judgment was also pronounced on Satan as well. John 16, 11. Jesus said, the ruler of this world has been judged. So, through the cross, Satan was judged, sin was judged, and that's why Jesus could say, at the end of it all, it is finished. The judgment for sin was taken care of. Now, it affects those positively that put their faith in him as Savior. If not, you're still in trouble. Oh, yeah? You're still in deep trouble. You get out of trouble when you believe on Christ as your Savior. So that's the judgment of sin, number one. Number two, we have the judgment of self. Every believer must, on a consistent basis, judge themselves. And we do that for two reasons. Number one, to keep us in the faith. Number two, that we would not be judged. So believers need to judge themselves, okay? 1 Corinthians 11.31, if we judged ourselves rightly, haha, <laughs> we'll not be judged. That makes sense. Now, this judgment is not for salvation. It's for fellowship with God. We have to continue to examine ourselves and my walking with God. Paul said in verse 32, when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we'll, we will not be condemned along with the world. Now, discipline is punishment with a lesson, right? Growing up, weren't we disciplined? Punished with a lesson, right? 
and you'd hear from your parents, okay, now, did you learn your lesson? Oh, yeah. Pain taught me a lesson. It did. So this goes to God's children only. Only God disciplines his children. Those that don't belong to God, they don't get this discipline. They get condemnation at the end. The Bible tells us in Hebrews twelve seven, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So this is a family matter. People in the family of God, when they go off, are disciplined by God. If you're not in God's family, you escape discipline, right? You don't spank someone else's kid, only your own. So God spanks us, but he doesn't spank those that don't belong to him. So the point is, if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged by God. If we discipline ourselves, we won't be disciplined by God. So, you know what? Take the easy road. Examine yourself. Discipline yourself so God doesn't have to do it. Maintain consistent fellowship with God so God doesn't have to bring the hammer. Okay? <laughs> Number three, there is also a judgment for believers. The judgment of believers results in the sin unto death. That means that a believer can get off so much. You know what God will do? He'll take them home. He'll take them home to heaven. That's it. Come on home. You're past the point of no return. Oh, you're a child of God, but you're past the point of no return. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30. He said, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. The word sleep is a reference to death. And he said in the next verse, if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. And he's talking about those that don't discern the Lord's body. That you can put yourself in such a place where you're so ignorant of God, even though you're a Christian, that God says, you know what? I'm just taking you home. You're disqualified from this life. And I'm taking you home. And even Jesus mentioned something like this in John 15. He said, every branch in me, not bearing fruit, he takes it away. And each one bearing fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Now notice that phrase, every branch in me. He's talking about believers. If they don't bear fruit, takes them out. Take them home to heaven. They lose their life on the earth. And if you bear fruit, well, he prunes you so you can bear more fruit. Okay? Fourthly, there's another judgment. This is a good one. Thankfully, we got a good one. The judgment of the believer's works. I want you to think about the grace God gives. God gives us grace in two ways. Number one, salvation. We're saved in grace through faith, right? It's a grace gift to be saved. But number two, he doesn't stop there. In grace, he rewards us for service. Wow. He doesn't have to do that, but he does. We are not deserving of it, 
but it is grace. And Paul talked about it. And this is something, again, this is basic Bible knowledge, that as a Christian, you should have something positive to look forward to. He said in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we all must appear, speaking about Christians, before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive the things done through the body, according to what he did, whether good or bad. Now, this word for judgment seat, it's the word bema. Okay? This is not a judgment for sin. It's a judgment for works, for rewards. The Bema Sea judgment is taken from the ancient Olympic Games. And at the end of a game, there would be three finishing places, first, second, and third, where they would get the gold, the silver, and the bronze, right? Isn't that what we do? So when you went to the Bema seat at the Olympics, it's because you were a winner and you were rewarded. So this judgment is for Christians and we're rewarded for the works that we do. And Paul explained this again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. He said, No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. This is where we begin. Okay? Christ has to be your foundation. If not, you're out. You're disqualified. Okay? So, where Christ is your foundation, now, what you do with your life, it matters. And then he said in verse 12, If any man builds on the foundation, right? Christ. With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. What does that mean? It means that as we go through life and live faithfully before God, we are rewarded with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, depending upon motivation, our relationship with God, are we right with God, are we off with God? And then he said, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. That's not hellfire, okay? That is the fire that's going to burn up our rewards. So let's say you earn gold, silver, precious gems, but you also earned wood, hay, and straw. It all goes in the fire. He said, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. So gold, silver, precious gems... They're not combustible. They will survive the fire. That's your reward. But the wood, hay, and straw, that's going to burn up. And again, how did I earn wood, hay, and straw? I would say bad motivation. I did good things for the wrong motive. And it didn't glorify God. So I got wood. I got hay. I got straw. It all goes on the fire. See, even today on earth, we don't know truly our motive but the fire will reveal it in heaven. He said, if any man's work is burned up, that means the wood, hay, and straw, he will suffer loss, loss of reward, but he, here it comes, now listen, he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. 
So this is not a judgment for salvation. Jesus took your judgment on the cross. That was judgment number one we talked about. So you're saved. This is a judgment for rewards. Some rewards you will get. Some rewards you will lose. But you will remain saved. Okay? So important to remember that. There's a fifth judgment. This is more of a national judgment. It's the judgment of Israel. Mentioned in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, where God said, I will pour out on the house of David, that's Israel, and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. In that day, there will be great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning of Hadad, Ramon, and the plain of Megiddo. This judgment, the judgment of the nation of Israel, I believe it's a judgment that will take place during the Great Tribulation, as that seven-year period is considered part of the age of Israel. And they will recognize Jesus Christ for who he is. Today, Israel has been blinded to Christ. But he'll be revealed. And they will mourn. And they will grieve at the one that they crucified. It'll be a sad time for the nation of Israel. See, the Great Tribulation is a time of judgment. And it's really the judgment of Israel. The sixth judgment is the judgment of the nations. And again, back during the Great Tribulation, nations will have taken sides against Israel. See, God still loves Israel. Oh, yeah. He loves Israel. It's his nation. He created it. Through Abraham and Jacob. It's his people. Okay? And God loves Israel, and nations take sides against Israel in the tribulation. God told Abraham that he would be the father of a new nation, right? I just said that. And God would bless those that bless them and curse those that curse them. You think the reason the United States of America is so blessed is because we're an ally of Israel? And we have to be so careful that we don't have a government that becomes anti-Israel. And it looks like, uh uh-oh, it's heading that way. And look out. When the United States turns its back on Israel, God will turn his back on the United States. So, I believe God has blessed us all these years because of our alliance with the people of Israel. When Jesus told the parable of the sheep and the goats, I think it helps us to understand that in Matthew 25, there were people that gave aid to the believers in the Great Tribulation. And and when they gave aid, they were rewarded. And Jesus said, all of you that helped 
you go on my right with the sheep. And all of you that didn't, you go on my left with the goats. <laughs> you think he was talking politically? I don't know. Not going to go down that road. But there's another angels, I mean, another judgment that we don't have to worry about. It's the judgment of the angels. Did you know angels were judged? Certain ones. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, the angels that sinned in Genesis were judged. Here's what it says. That God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness, reserved for judgment. And where are those angels? They're not in the lake of fire. Not yet. They're in Tartarus. Tartarus is a place of utter blackness. And that's where you can find angels. Because angels are made of light. So you can find them in utter blackness. And then Jude made a commentary. And he's talking about the same angels. Angels who did not keep their own domain. But abandoned their proper abode. They left heaven. God has kept in eternal bonds under the darkness for the judgment of the great day. And what's he talking about there? You know, I believe that there were angels, the sons of God, that took for themselves wives, the daughters of men. They cohabitated with them, and their offspring were the great Nephilim. And perhaps it was a plan to stop the seed of the Savior from coming into the world. Don't know if there's a connection there. Maybe so, maybe not. But these angels left the realm of angels and they came to earth and they cohabitated with human women. And their children were the Nephilim, the great giants of the day. And God punished those angels. Right now they're in darkness. And they'll go before the judgment of the great white throne. And then they'll be sentenced to the lake of fire with the devil, the false prophet, the Antichrist, they'll all be there. And sadly, all those that rejected Christ, all the humans that said no to Christ will be in the lake of fire. There's no reason to go there. There's no reason. Just say yes to Christ. Say yes. That's it. Say yes and believe Receive him as your savior. And you don't have to go. You know, you know what Jesus said about hell? It was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for people. But people will go there because there's no other place to go. It's either heaven for the believers or hell for the rejectors. And that's it. There's no other place. Here's the eighth judgment. The judgment of the great white throne. Perhaps the most sobering judgment of all. We find it at the end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Here's what John said. He said, Then I saw a great white throne. Man, how big was that throne? I don't know. Size of a football field? Maybe. I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. And there's the Lord Jesus sitting at this great 
throne of purity. It's white because it's pure. And John said, and I saw the dead. Oh, the great, the small. You could say the movers and the shakers. Standing before the throne. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which are written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades, that's the underworld, gave up the dead which were in them. See, that means that we're not annihilated when we die. Your soul and spirit can live forever. And every one of them was judged according to their deeds. Now, what does that mean they were judged according to their deeds? Because this is a judgment for the Christ rejectors. A lot of them thought their deeds were good enough to get to heaven. And they're going to find out at the judgment of the great white throne they weren't good enough. They weren't even close. Their deeds had to be perfect. But in order for their deeds to be perfect, they had to be perfect. But none of us are perfect. Only one had deeds that could bring salvation because he was perfect. And that was Christ himself. So all these good works that these people did, they all fall short. They're all found wanting. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Death means separation. The first separation, they were separated from God on the earth. The second separation, they separated from God for all of eternity. And here is the qualifier as to why they went to the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That's it. See, here's the question. Is my name in the Lamb's book of life? That's the question. And he said, well, how do I get it in there? Believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior. Believe Jesus when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. There's no other way. It's me or the highway. No other way. So you believe in Christ. In Acts 16.31, the jailer said to the apostle, What must I do to be saved? He said, Believe on the Lord Jesus. And if people in your household believe, they'll be saved too. That's it. So now your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you'll never be at the Great White Throne Judgment. But for those that say, Nah, I don't need that stuff. I don't believe in that stuff. Okay. It's the White Throne Judgment. So this should not be a shocker because Jesus taught it. Jesus taught all about these things. You know, he said in John 5, 28, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did good deeds to resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to the destruction 
of judgment. God's word warns us. If somebody says, well, I don't believe it, well, you're on your own. You're on your own if you don't believe it, I'm sorry. It takes faith. God is looking for faith. So we've got these eight judgments that are going to come upon the earth. Sin was judged on the cross when Jesus died. He shed his blood, atoned for the sins of the world. Why? Those that believe in him and never perish but have everlasting life. That's the means by which we can get our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. The second judgment is the judgment of self. We need to judge ourselves so we can make corrections so God doesn't have to. Okay? Thirdly, as believers, we continue to examine our hearts. Am I walking in the faith? Fourthly, I look at my works. They'll be judged. Will I get gold, silver, precious gems? Or wood, hay, and straw? What's my motivation? What's my relationship with God like? Why do I do what I do? That determines those things. Fifthly, there's the judgment of Israel. The nation will be judged in the Great Tribulation. Sixthly, all the rest of the nations will be judged that came against Israel. Oh, God's going to judge them. That's why we want to stay faithful. Seven, there's the judgment of the angels. Those that sinned, they left their abode in heaven and they came down and sinned with women. And then lastly, the judgment of the great white throne. the last one. It's for the Christ rejectors. Those that said no, for whatever reason. Whatever reason they have, I'll tell you what, it's not good enough. I think a message like this, man, people need to hear it. That's why it's going to be a Hope Club podcast. And you help us by making these podcasts. By joining the Hope Club. You go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, commit $3 a week. We'll send you an email every day, which is a beautiful devotional format. And you allow us to continue to spread the good news of Christ and let people know there's hope in Christ and they can have a home in heaven. But it takes hearing the gospel for that to happen. I hope you join me in that endeavor. And uh, have a great day. We'll see you next time.